Hello again, everybody. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Thanks for listening to LJN Radio and our podcast, Employment Notebook, where we take you inside the workplace to try to help with the idea of productivity. Today, we are talking with Christopher Barnes. He's an assistant professor of management at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business. He also worked in the fatigue countermeasures branch of the Air Force Research Laboratory, giving him some extra insight into what we're talking about today. And that's the idea of circadian rhythms and how we can find our ideal work schedule when we are at work. Christopher, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. Well, this is a topic that I find fascinating in a lot of different ways, um, both personally for my energy levels, as well as just the idea that this can be happening to everybody. But we're talking about circadian rhythms, and I was wondering, for those who don't know or don't know much about it, could you briefly explain what circadian rhythms are? Sure. There's a natural cycle that our bodies tend to follow that follows a 24-hour period that essentially tells your body when it should be awake and when it should be asleep. And following this cycle are, are several physiological processes. The one we feel the most is what's our level of energy and alertness, uh, as mm-hmm. well as what's our current level of sleepiness. Okay. Now, is this stuff that's been proven? Is it more of a theory that's been tested? I mean, how does that all come together as far as saying, no, this is really what's going on with most of us? There's a, a large research literature in sleep physiology uh, okay. that examines circadian rhythms. Not only uh, what processes follow these rhythms, but what happens when people have mismatched schedules with their circadian rhythms. And that's definitely something we want to get into here in a little bit, uh, of course, as we relate most of our shows to the employment realm. In terms of generally speaking, obviously, uh, as you noted in an article you wrote, there are going to be people that are slightly different. But in general, what are the periods of time that we're talking about when people have the most energy or most alert versus when it tends to be dipping? For the average person across most contexts, we see that people are most alert within about an hour or so of noon. And then again, within about an hour or so of about 6 p.m. Okay. So those are the, the peaks in the circadian rhythm. So you can be effective in other times as well. That's just when people tend to be most effective. Sure. So if I were to describe what the circadian rhythm looks like, basically what happens is you get to work in the morning. You tend to increase in your levels of alertness and energy up until about lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And then not too long after lunchtime, uh, we start to decline in our levels of uh, energy and alertness, hitting the, the lowest point sometime around 3 p.m. Okay. We tend to blame that on lunch, which right. is a little unfair to lunch. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't really have anything to do with lunch per se. It's just the circadian rhythm. Then after 3 p.m., we start to pick up again slowly until we hit that second peak sometime around 6 p.m. or so. And then after that second peak, about 6 p.m., we start to decline in energy and alertness all the way until uh, the very lowest point, which happens about 3 a.m. in the morning. Interesting. Yeah, that is funny. You mentioned the idea of uh, lunch being blamed. I think I hear that pretty much every day from somebody that, uh, oh, it must have been that big big meal I had at lunch, but I'll tell them uh, Christopher says that's not the case. <laughs> well, it's not just me. That's, that's the, uh, <laughs> I know. the physiology field. I'll still blame you. It sounds better that way. <laughs> now, where does the idea come into play then when you're talking about, you know, quote unquote, morning people or for myself, I feel like I don't care how much sleep I get. I cannot get up in the morning, but I can be up all night if I wanted to be. Where does that fall into play? And is that is that something that people change throughout their life? Is that just a natural part of their own body? I mean, where does that all play a role? Yes. Yeah, so there are individual differences in our circadian rhythms. Uh, some people are shifted uh, maybe a few hours early. So they tend to wake up early and they tend to go to bed early. Right. And then some people are, and of course, those early people, we call them larks. Uh, <laughs> some people are shifted in the other direction, maybe uh, tending to go to bed late and get up late. And we call them owls. At any given age, there is a distribution there so that, such that there are some people who are owls, some people are larks, and then most people tend to be in the middle. 
we do also see differences across the lifespan. Typically what happens is that teenagers tend to be night owls naturally, which is why it's really a terrible idea to have them start school early in the morning, Right. even though that's exactly what we do. (laughs) So we tend to be night owls as teenagers and even as, as college students. It's very natural to be night owls. And then as life progresses, we shift more towards the middle. And then as people reach the older stages of life, they they tend to become larks. Well, again, I I find this stuff very fascinating. And I want to bring it back to the idea of in the workplace. You touched on the idea of high school there, especially in talking about schedules. If you're a manager out there, or even if you are an employee working at a, a certain company, what should you be trying to do in terms of maybe planning certain tasks or meetings that would match up with some of these timeframes that you're talking about? Again, understand that everybody's going to be different, but if we're looking to generally make everyone the most effective, what would you suggest in terms of the planning? Well, I would try to figure out what are the key tasks for the day? What are the most complex, most difficult, most important tasks? And try to match those up for the portions of the day in which I can expect to be most energetic, most alert, and best able to concentrate. And so that would be within an hour or two of about noon and then within an hour or two of about 6 p.m. And what we typically get wrong is people waste those peaks in their circadian rhythms on less important tasks like checking email. Hmm. So I think it's very common for people to be on email from the beginning of their day all the way through lunch and then they go to lunch and come back and do email a little bit more and then they start to get into their important tasks just as they're starting to slide into that big dip uh, right after lunch. So we're, we're pretty suboptimal in how we schedule these tasks. If people think about in advance what's most important and scheduling that from sometime between, say, 10.30 and about 12.30, you can catch that first peak and, and have your most effective time devoted to the most important tasks. And then do the same thing for the second peak, which tends to happen pretty close to 6 p.m. Right. In your article you wrote, you also mentioned the idea of naps being a valuable tool Do you ever see that really being something that a majority of employers say, yeah, we could pull it off. We could let you take a little nap here at some part in the middle of the day? Most organizations have a pretty dim view of naps. Right. (laughs) Uh, Most most firms tend to look at someone who's taking a nap as somebody who's loafing on the job Hmm. and being paid to work, but not spending that time working. But there are a few organizations that I would say are very forward-looking and take the perspective that what they want most is an effective employee. And if an investment of 10 or 20 minutes in in a nap is able to increase the effectiveness of the employee for the rest of their shift, some organizations say, yes, we're willing to make that investment. So organizations that are known for doing this well are Huffington Post and Google. Hmm. Uh, So Huffington Post has nap rooms uh, that are set up specifically to encourage people to take naps. Right. Google has something similar with their nap pods as well. Yeah, I think it uh, it would be very progressive of a lot of companies to try that. But you know, again, as the information we're talking about here, a lot of the research suggests, maybe a lot of people should be looking more into uh, alternatives to what we're talking about today. What other issues can creep up if we are working against our circadian rhythms? Obviously, the idea of energy and productivity comes up, but correct me if I'm wrong, there are some other things that might arise if people aren't working at their peaks. Yes. Uh, and one way in which this pops up is some research that I recently done on uh, mismatches in schedules and circadian rhythms. So I've mentioned that there are larks and there are owls. If you take a lark and put that person on a, on a night shift, or you take an owl and put them on a morning shift, uh, you have what I, I refer to as a circadian mismatch. Hmm. And what's problematic here is that when a lark is working late at night, that person is working at periods of low energy, low alertness, and for my own research, low levels of self-control. And what makes this important is that self-control is really important for resisting various temptations that pop up in the workplace. 
there's lots of times in which people can cook the books or take credit for somebody else's work or engage in other nefarious activities at work. Uh, and normally, we're able to exert self-control and resist those temptations. Mm-hmm. But there's a growing literature that indicates that when we're low on energy, those temptations sometimes are too, too hard to resist, and so we cave to those temptations. So in my own research, I show that when you have larks working late at night, they're more likely to engage in unethical behavior for that very reason. Uh, and same thing with owls working early in the morning. So what are some suggestions you would offer up to the employers out there in terms of trying to, as best they can, make it all work? Uh, Again, as we talk about with a lot of our shows, understand there are significant differences depending on the job and depending on the individuals. But if you're really looking to be optimal, a term you used earlier, what are some strategies employers could use to make that happen? The uh, Probably the simplest one is to figure out where your employees lie on that spectrum between mm-hmm. larks and owls or somewhere in between and try to make sure that their work schedule is in alignment with their natural circadian rhythms. Uh, that's something we should be doing with all employees. Another thing we can do is manage our expectations of what employees should be doing at any given point of the day. If we give them a task at, say, 2 o'clock and give a, a one-hour deadline on that task, we have to understand that we're not going to be getting the best work out of the employee because it's at the dip in their circadian rhythm. Whereas if we can schedule that for a different time of the day, we'll probably get better results. Right. Another thing that managers can do and organizations in general is provide the opportunity for flex time. Hmm. What's nice about flex time is it allows employees to match their work schedules to their own circadian rhythms. Uh, so rather than doing this in a top-down fashion, we can do it in a, in a bottom-up sort of fashion, where as the employee, I can figure out how best to align my energy and alertness levels with the, the work I need to do that day. Now, I find that interesting because a lot of times we hear about the idea of flex schedule and it comes down to people, you know, maybe they have families that they're worried about or they have other projects they're working on that they'd like to have that ability to change it up. Do you think there's a lot of discussion about what we're talking about in terms of flex time to help with the idea of energy and when people just function best? Yeah, this is not typically the reason that organizations implement flex time. It is, as you mentioned, typically for, for family reasons. But I think it absolutely makes sense to use flex time as a tool to match circadian rhythms with work schedules, precisely so you can avoid some of those effects that I mentioned before with circadian mismatches and unethical behavior. The problem with this is that I have some recent research that indicates that when people use flex time to come into work later than is the norm, their supervisors tend to assume that this is because they're not conscientious employees uh, and they're, they're bad employees. Mm-hmm. Whereas those who use flex time to come in early, the supervisors tend to assume, oh, that's an early riser, that's a conscientious employee, that's a good employee. Sure. And we find that this holds regardless of the actual performance levels of the employee. So there, there's an unfortunate setup right now, and that flex time is a really valuable tool for matching energy to work. But we currently punish people who use that (laughs) to do so in a way that works well for night owls. Is there a way to bring up that conversation? I mean, I know this isn't necessarily your forte in in this kind of discussion, but is there a way to bring that up? Is there a way to portray this in a way to employers to say, hey, this really is going to be best either for us as a whole or even as an individual? Yeah, I think this is a a difficult conversation, but especially for night owls, it's one that's worth having Mm -hmm. in sort of a gentle way and just emphasize that this isn't me slacking and and wanting to be someone who just sleeps in for the fun of it. This is me trying to make sure that I'm the best possible employee so I can give you the best possible work. And this should be a win-win scenario where my work is better and my life is better as well. 
Well, I like the way you put that. And uh, as you said, it's not necessarily a conversation that people want to have because it can be a difficult one. But I think, uh, again, conversations like this, the article that you wrote, I think it is important to have these discussions. Is there a time frame to figure out what your circadian rhythm might be or when you really do function best? I mean, do you need to kind of monitor it for a while before you can really tell as opposed to, well, it was just a late night or I just, I've been sick. Uh, what would you suggest for people trying to figure out for themselves when they function best or when they aren't quite as alert? Yeah, this is probably something that people should track over a uh, prolonged period of time. There's two things to disentangle. One thing to examine is what time do I typically get up and go to bed? And the other is, what time would I naturally wake up and go to bed hmm. uh, if left to my own devices? Right. And so I think a great time to look at this is when you're on vacation and you're on your own schedule, especially if you're maybe away from technology a little bit and you get to revert to more of what your own natural rhythms would drive you to do, then you can figure out, okay, that's what my body wants me to do. How can I best align that with the other demands in my life? And of course, most people have a hard time finding the optimal schedule. But the more we can get ourselves close to that optimal for, for our own uh, rhythms, mm -hmm. the better results we'll tend to get. You brought up technology there. Is that messing with a lot of people in terms of whether it be their sleep schedule or just understanding their rhythms in general? Yes, definitely. Uh, so I have a, a paper published just last year that indicates that to the degree to which people use uh, smartphones and tablets and other backlit devices late at night, this infringes upon their sleep that night. And in turn, the next day they come to work short on energy and less engaged in their work. And the reason, uh, well, there's a few potential reasons. One is that these devices expose us to blue light and that inhibits the production of melatonin. Hmm. Uh, melatonin is an important chemical that allows us to go to sleep. The other is that oftentimes when we're checking these devices, it's for work purposes. So we're essentially, we're, we're psychologically re-engaging with the workplace, which can, you know, get us into a rumination loop and, and create some anxiety that make it very difficult to fall asleep. These devices are fantastic tools for increasing our productivity, but we're often using them in a way that, that has the side effect of harming our sleep. Christopher, fascinating stuff. I think we could talk about the different aspects of this for a long time. At least you could. You're the expert on this, but I, I love hearing about it. Uh, and it's just the impact and the effects it could have, both positive and negative. Would you like to leave the listeners with anything else? Maybe we didn't touch on it or something you want to emphasize in terms of understanding how our circadian rhythms work and maybe how we could be more productive at work. Well, I think the, the one point I, I try to make clear is that although we like to think that uh, we're, we're tough people and we kind of work our way through these issues, there are fundamental physiological processes at play, and it's not always something we can voluntarily push our way through. So rather than fighting our circadian rhythms, we should really try to work with them. All right. Sounds good. Hopefully our listeners will pay attention to that and stop trying to be the tough guy or girl. Christopher, thank you for joining us today. We do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That will wrap it up for this edition of Employment Notebook. Once again, we are speaking with Christopher Barnes, an assistant professor of management at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business. And we thank him for bringing us some insight into the idea of how our bodies work and maybe how we could be a little more productive and alert when we are working on those important tasks. If you like to get in touch with us here at LJN Radio, just shoot us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN and check out all of our shows on iTunes. Just search LJ and Radio in the iTunes store. For everyone here at the Local Job Network, I'm Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. Take care.